This episode is brought to you by Seed. Probiotics are most effective when they make it to your colon, alive. That's why Seed developed a patented two-in-one capsule that safeguards viability of its DSO-1 daily symbiotic through digestion to deliver the maximum dose to your colon. No refrigeration necessary. Visit seed.com slash Spotify and use code SPOTIFY25 to get 25% off your first month. If you can hear my voice, you've got work to do. You've got a destiny to fulfill. You've got a purpose to walk into. You've got a test to pass. You've got dots to connect, rooms to walk in, stages to stand on, and tables to sit down at. We all want to do something. We all want to be somebody. We all want to go somewhere. Let's dispense with the painful conversations of what happened in your past. Celebrate the lessons that you learned in your past. Unpack the gift of the present and let the future be your motivation. Everybody is looking to manifest. We're all looking to manifest something. We'll lose sleep to manifest and we'll work two or three jobs to manifest and we'll study for hours in a day to manifest. We are all looking to manifest something. And so there are a few things that we have to understand in order to manifest this future. The future when it is no longer a distant dream, some possibility, some idea, but it's a very present target. All of a sudden, everything changes. And so you may be average, you may be ordinary, but you have the opportunity every single day to make extraordinary decisions. And what you do today will determine your future. The future is very expensive. The currency to get to the future, the bridge that we build, it is built on your daily decisions, your habits, your programming, the way that you think, the way that you talk, the way that you walk, blood, sweat, tears, sacrifice, people that you have to let go, sleep that you have to lose, multiple jobs that you have to work, hours on end of study, beating on your craft every single day. It's not easy, but it's worth it. I don't know your name, but I know you have a dream. I don't, I don't know where you're from or where you're listening to me. You may be listening to me in your closet, your bedroom, the gym, the car, the bus, the train, the plane. I don't know where you're going, but I know you are going somewhere. You've got a destination. People that make excuses are not connected to their destination. They don't have an end game. They don't have a goal. You have allowed yourself to become a weak link covered under the blanket of excuses. But I'm just wondering if there's anybody here that has a dream. And if you've made your excuses bigger than your dream, the time is now to apply pressure. It may not be easy, but it's not impossible. This is not a, I feel like it today. This is not a, I'm motivated for a week. This is an every single day mentality. You may have to work three jobs. You may have to lose sleep. You may have to go to college and raise five children and still maintain your marriage and work your side hustle. I don't know what your story is, 
But if you will keep a no excuse mentality, then the sky is not your limit. The sky is your starting point. This is an every single day mentality. I never get turned off every single day. I want my destiny. I want my dream. For anyone watching who doesn't happen to know, like me, when I say I hid my hand, I, I, can't, I can't say that enough. I can't stress that enough. I almost got arrested at the Washington Monument when I was in middle school because I refused to take my hand out of my pocket for the security guards. I would put my backpack on and go to school, and if I put my hand in my pocket, which is how I hid my hand before I got the glove, I would have to ask to go to the bathroom just to take my backpack off, or I would leave it dangling on my left side the entire day. I would skip school if I couldn't find the glove, and my parents knew how like, attached I was to it, and it wasn't a problem. It was so bad that like everything involved hiding my hand. My entire life revolved around hiding my hand. So that moment of being able to post on YouTube and just kind of show the world was for me. It was for me to be open, me to accept that this is me. And it happened to go extremely viral and go all over the place from like Washington Post to like YouTube front page, front page of Reddit. And so many people reached out to me saying like, I share your struggle. I know what it's like to hide. I know what it's like to feel deemed by society as broken. And uh, I have your back. And that was a really big moment for me. Yeah, that's the video that has 4 million views. And then, yeah, that one blew up. And then the following one where I did uh, my first prosthetic arm, that one also blew up, get like five or six million views too. And those two videos just showed the evolution from a person who hid something he was born with to a person that was embracing it. And now it's, you know, what held me back is what pushes me forward so far. Uh, that saying, the obstacle in the way becomes the way, really epitomizes like what I went through and what I'm currently doing with my life now. I mean, motivation comes after action. The question is not how do you develop the motivation to keep going. The real question is how do you develop the discipline to do the stuff you need to do even when you don't feel like doing it. Floss one tooth. Go to the gym and lift one weight one time. Then you can stop. Then you can go home. Then you can stop. More than likely because you already got there, because you already started, you're going to finish. Getting there is the majority of the issue. The discipline to start, that's what you need. The motivation to keep going comes after the action to start. So on those days you don't feel like it, if you know you need to, you have to. It's the same thing with a job. I can promise you, almost anyone who works a job, they bet those days where like, I don't wanna go to work today. On their way to the work, <laughs> they're still going because they, they tell themselves they need to. And I could ask both of you, do you need to work? And more than likely you'd probably say yes. I could ask anyone watching, do you need to work? And more than likely, everyone would probably say yes. And I will say, no, you don't. That's a lie. That's a lie that you're telling yourself. You don't need to work. You could be homeless. You could give up everything you own and you could live on the streets. You could. So it's not a need. It's a want. It's a desire to not be homeless. It's a desire to maintain the life that you have. And if we have an ability to turn a desire into a necessity like we do with our job, you have the same ability to turn a desire of fitness goals into a necessity to do it regardless of how you feel. Ninth grade in high school. I don't know why she said this, but I, I, I don't even remember the context, but 
she said, you teach best what you need to learn most. That has stuck with me for so long. And I've kind of built on that concept of the answers, the answers you need are in the problems you haven't solved yet. You teach best what you need to learn most. For me, I needed to learn how to, how to validate myself. I needed to learn how to see value in myself when I saw myself as broken. I needed to learn how to, you know, lift weights thinking that I couldn't. And now I teach people that stuff. That's my job. You know, what I teach now is what I needed to learn most back then. And it's so crazy how the problem becomes a solution. And one of my talks, I, I said how I turn my health issues into wealth issues and not just money, but in terms of what held you back is what can push you forward. And that's conceptually, I I feel like a lot of people could benefit if they really looked at the problems they're facing right now. There are massive solutions within those problems that can take you to a new level of life if you look at them from a different perspective. The second lesson for me would, for me would be focus on what you can control. That, that concept has reduced my stress, has reduced my anxiety, has reduced so much unnecessary worry in my life. You know, so many people are like, oh, Chris, it's easier said than done. Absolutely, that's true. But it's better done than said. So that topic, that is a moot topic right there. If you focus on what you can control, you reduce the energy investment into things you can't. What if, what if, what if? What if I get fired? What happens if my partner leaves me? What happens if my business fails? What if, what if, what if? Okay, you can't control the what ifs. You can't control external circumstances. What I can control is my thoughts, my behaviors, my actions. I can create a plan. I can create an action set. I can do those things. That's what I can control. So when I stop focusing on living life in the back seat and take the driver's wheel of responsibility, and not just responsibility, but responsibility, the ability to respond to anything that happens to me, my life got a lot better. So now I choose to focus on what I can control and not what I can't. Don't catch that. Wealth is a mindset. It's not a dollar amount. The wealthy do what the poor won't do. The problem with many of you is that you got fool, you got complacent, you got lazy. Somewhere along the line, you lost your enthusiasm, your optimism. You lost your hunger. So we're going to talk about the wealthy in a minute. I want you to write it all down. I told you I wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning. I am willing to do what others are not willing to do so I can live like others would never live. Somebody say you get up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I get up at 3 o'clock? Our ancestors were getting up at 3 or 4, picking cotton. Oh, you thought they was getting up at 9. <laughs> you thought they was like, you uh, picking cotton today? Oh, we're going to start at 9. Then. We're going to start at 9 a.m. It's going to just let the sun come up, and then once the sun comes up, we're going to... Oh, you're, gonna, you're sick? Oh, you get a sick day. If you want your future, then you are going to have to get acquainted with pain, with discomfort, with inconvenience. Because hunger is the only thing that's going to give you the power to persevere through that pain. Here's what's crazy. I, in the 1800s, I had to have a certain work ethic just to survive 
and you have the opportunity to become multi-millionaires, billionaires, and your work ethic is worse than the people who have was forced to work. People tell me, I'm a boss. You're not a boss. You can't even make yourself get up. You got a t-shirt, I'm a boss, but you getting up at 8.30, 9 o'clock. <laughs> Bosses are up watching the 3 o'clock news. Some of you didn't even know the news came on at 3 o'clock. Because you watched the 6 o'clock news. You thought it was, that's what the first one. The first news is at 3 a.m. That's the one Warren Buffett on. No, you're saying Warren Buffett is Warren Buffett because he's a white male. Warren Buffett is Warren Buffett because of where he grew up. Warren Buffett is not Warren Buffett because of where he grew up. Warren Buffett is Warren Buffett because what he does, he reads six hours a day every day. That's 42 doggone hours a week. So when Warren Buffett makes a decision, he makes a very wise decision, why? Because he's making it off of 42 hours a read. You had not read nothing. You watch, you making decisions off the Housewives of Atlanta. Warren Buffett is binging on, I was in the room with Warren Buffett. He said he was reading the financial report of GM in 1956. Why? Because that was their best year. He's binging on GM's financial records from 1956 and you binging on power. But, but now you say, hey racist. They ain't racist when you watching power though. I don't care if you gotta listen to me a thousand times, I need you to get crystal clear about your future. Because the only reason why you are here, the only reason why you're alive, is because you have work to do. Come on, talk back to me. You are not a boss because you got all day to do whatever you want to do, and the most you can do is go to work for somebody that you don't like and you don't care for, and dog them out and complain about them when they're giving you a check. They guaranteeing you a check, they making sure you got health care and you dogging them out. If you don't like what they doing, why are you still there? Go get your own job. They weren't the only ones that was blessed and that was fruitful and that could multiply and that could subdue the earth and have dominion. They not the only ones. You can do it too, but your problem is you're not a one percenter because you don't live like a one percenter. If you want generational cycles broken in your family, if you want to be the first to achieve, the first to get it done, the first to see it, the first to do it, you must stay hungry! There's this thing people think that like, I'll be happy when. Once I get like this big amazing home, or once I get this car, or once I get this relationship, or an amount of money, then I'll allow myself some happiness. The problem is, the, the finish line always moves. You never arrive there, right? The other part is people think, well, if I enjoy myself now, I'm gonna lose my drive. In other words, if I can just wire myself with enough pain all the time, I won't lose my drive or ambition. The truth is there's no correlation between the two at all. There's no relationship between you feeling complete pain all the time and losing drive. And so I talk about living in a state of blissful dissatisfaction. And really the best example of that would be like if you've ever, I love a good meal, right? If I bite into a great piece of steak, if you're a steak eater like I am, you take that first bite, it's like complete bliss, right? There's no correlation between how great that tasted and your lack of desire for the next bite. In fact, that bliss causes you to want more of it. And so the more we can be able to reward ourselves with bliss, we're not gonna lose our dissatisfaction. We're not gonna, we're not gonna lose that. And so for me, our brains, there's dopamine hit you get when you do something successful. If you constantly cheat yourself out of that hit, 
right, biomechanically in your body, less and less in the future will you want to achieve the next level, the next dream, the next step. And that's why so many people stall out in life. They didn't, they got to a certain point and they cheated themselves out of the bliss, out of the celebration. It's important that we celebrate our wins. We celebrate our lives because it causes us to want the next bite. It keeps us hungrier, not the reverse. And so for me, I want to live in a state of being grateful and blissful now, not waiting for some future place or date that may never arise. So that's what it means for me. I play these very strange games with myself when I'm at the gym. When I'm working out, I always do one extra rep, one extra set, because it, it's a promise I kept to myself. And here's the biggest thing, it's a pattern. It's a pattern I keep of me. I always do a little extra. I always go the extra inch. And the quickest and easiest place to do it is the gym. Because I can always grab one more weight, one more set. And it, here's what it does. It shifts your identity. Yeah. So identity is the governor on our lives. It's the invisible force that no one understands. And once they do understand and get a hold of it, their life can change. And so not only if you don't get a hold of this, will these outward conditions of your life keep being exactly the same? But it's, you could behave differently, you could do all the work, you could be thinking great thoughts, but you are going to get out of your life, you're going to be the most powerful force in the world, I think, is to be consistent with the concepts, ideas, and worth that you hold for yourself. You will get that out of your life, what you will tolerate. Okay. The deeper part of that is identity. And so identity is very much like a thermostat sitting on a wall, right? This is important. Once that temperature is set at a certain degree, everything in the world externally can hit it and you will find a way to get that temperature. So even in this house, let's say it's set at 80 degrees. If we opened up all the doors in cold air, just the worst things in life, the blizzard of life came in, the thermostat will kick the heater on and it will regulate this room back to 80 degrees. The reverse is also true. It's a super hot day. Great things are happening in your life. It's getting hotter and hotter and hotter. If you're at 80 degrees, that internal thermostat will find a way over a window of time to cool your life right back down to 80 degrees again. So the key, the secret key, is to be able to shift that identity. 90, 100, 120. So some of the ways, strategies to do that are, are very simple. One is if I, let's just say financially, you're a 200 degreeer and I'm an 80 degreeer. If I'm in your proximity over and over and over and over again, you will heat my identity up somewhere in between mine and yours to 150 degrees. Same in fitness, same in everything. So the more you can layer in multiple people, the stronger and stronger that force is. So that changes our thermostat through association. It's a huge, 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 huge thing. People say, you are who the five people you hang around. This is why. They adjust your thermostat. That's number one. Second way you can change your identity is through doing short bursts of something in a window of time you've not done them before and they change the thermostat temperature permanently, almost like a water line in the pool. So if it's a certain in the gym, certain amount in the gym, or a certain amount of phone calls in your business, or a certain amount of appointments, you make a certain amount of money, oftentimes you're never the same again. You've seen this when your own net worth, I've seen it in mine, there became a point where I made a leap in a short window, I was never really the same again. I could go back a little bit, but not back where I was before. So it's activity or successes, achievements in short bursts of time. And then our, obviously our self-confidence impacts identity too, and we've kind of covered that. Those are three quick ways. When you were starting out, you're broke, your wife's car got foreclosed on, <laughs> your water was turned off at one point, I mean, it's like literally yeah. crazy. Yeah. How do you begin to build that, like for real you, not in the abstract, but how did you begin to build your self-confidence when like you're teaching people how to do something that you don't, you haven't actually done in your life? If we really go back and we look at it, I had a couple good things happen for me um, or to me. One was at that time, my wife did get frank with me. 
This is not who you are. This is not what you're about. I don't recognize this person. This is who you are. And I had a other person to my benefit pointing out to me the things that were great about me. Now this is going to sound hokey, but I'm going to give you the big one. And this is why life gives you these great tests. I had a really good friend of mine. I went to lunch and he said, I don't know who this guy is here in front of me. And he goes, let me ask you a question. Honestly, right now, what are you grateful for? And at the lunch, I said, jack shit, nothing, brother. There's nothing good in my life right now. And I'm not exaggerating this to you when I tell you this. And this is a factual story. As I'm mouthing these words, two people walked in with an older man. Both of them clearly were fighting cancer somehow. Both had lost their hair. One of the ladies had a bonnet on and they were barely moving in. Both walked by our table and gave me the most warm greeting, the warmest smile as a stranger. And he goes, that's pretty freaking pathetic. You can't find anything in your life to be grateful for right now. And on the drive home, I'm not kidding you, I started to stack gratitude. I started to take inventory. Because if you can find things to be grateful for in that space, man, is your life gonna be rich when there really are external things to be grateful for. So my first mechanism out of that space was honestly to stack the things I was grateful for and I started reinforcing it over and over and over again. And what happens is there's this reticular activating system in our brains, right? And all of a sudden, because that's the messaging I was giving myself, all of a sudden, all these things start to come into my awareness that I'm grateful for. I start to magnetize to myself some people that I needed to find into my life. And that was the next layer. I started to see things to be grateful for my health, my fitness, people who loved me. And what it is, it changed my state. When I stacked gratitude, I changed what I did in the morning and I changed what I did in the evening. And so somehow by grabbing control of my morning and by grabbing control of my evening, I got some measure of control over the middle of my day. I was an out of control person back in those days, meaning this, I woke up worried, stressed, fearful, and I immediately start thinking about a bill I had to pay, something that was wrong. And I'm in a state of reaction to begin every, I'm talking within six minutes of waking up, six seconds. Most people listening to this, that's what they do. I said, I gotta grab control of my morning and I set up routines in my morning Maybe they served me, maybe they didn't, but they were things I could deliver on doing for myself. And so not only did that give me control over the day, but I started to stack my self-confidence too. They say, they say a, mind a mind is a terrible thing, a to, terrible waste. thing to waste. The mind is so powerful. It's so unique. It can do many things. And you are the one that is responsible for the thoughts that enter your mind. How do we, how do we as individuals, as people, get away from misery? Get away from misery? How do we allow ourselves to elevate the game? To go higher than we've ever gone before? Gone before. How do we escape from the misery? Because misery has no place in your life. Misery is exactly what it is. Misery doesn't bring happiness. Misery is on a mission to take everything away from you. What is misery doing for you? What has misery done for you lately? Has it given you everything that you need? Has it made you a better person? 
Do you feel that all you know is sorrow? Why do you allow misery to handcuff you, to chain you down? The mind is a powerful weapon. It belongs to you. And everything that you think, therefore you shall be. Be greater than your fears. Be stronger than your doubts. Because your mind is very powerful. Bring in the goodness. Absorb the right energy. Moving with a purpose. Conditioning your mind is what this is about. Every day it's not going to be a good day. But every day is a blessed day. Because you are above the ground. You are walking tall. There is no time for sorrow. There's no time to give up. This is the opportunity. An opportunity of a lifetime. Of a lifetime. Make your mind matter. matter. And put aside the things that don't matter. Misery. It will continue to do all that is necessary to succeed. But the time has come for you to succeed. For you to believe. For you to stand tall. For you to understand that you got a mission. And your mission is not done yet. Today is that day and when and if tomorrow comes for you be even more powerful be stronger than you've ever been rectify in yourself believe in yourself keep that faith in yourself don't let the outside interference stop your growth don't let those that doubted you and said that you did not have it hold you back. Don't let the losses keep you down. Because if you're down, how would you understand what it means to get up? What is good about being miserable? Resurrect yourself. From the pit of darkness because misery doesn't have the right to control your life your mind your abilities your faith within yourself is all that you need the steps that you take in your life it's a process within itself it won't be easy but you don't deserve easy easy is not something that you should be looking for embrace all of the challenges that are necessary but you continue to fight for it 
you continue to believe in yourself. When the rest of the world says no to you, you say yes to yourself. You say yes, I believe. You say yes, I can do it. You say yes, nothing can stop me. Let it be known within you. Because no matter what's happening, no matter what's going on around you, you are responsible for what you think within you. Your mind does matter. And if you put the wrong things inside of your mind, the best things won't come out. The best of you won't show up. Because you allowed everything around you to destroy you. To destroy your dreams. And your dreams are limitless. They never die. There's gonna be a lot of things swimming beneath your feet. There's gonna be a lot of things that's gonna try to drag you down. But you're not in the business to drown. You're in the business to live. Do not starve yourself from the beauty of life. You must have the ability to nourish your mind. You must have the ability to nourish your soul. Are you ready to succeed? Are you prepared to move forward? Make it count. Be productive. Be powerful. And from the bottom of my heart, conduct your business.